All right. Thank you so much. Welcome back. We got another Printavo Pronouncers podcast. This is exciting. Wait, who's gonna who's gonna do the the sound the the intro music? Do we have intro music, Chris? Yeah. All right. So. If you guys need a solution to help improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department, GraphX Source offers industry-leading outsourcing options for your shop. And it really becomes a, a part of your team. Campus Inc., you guys are at, what, three? Three artists now? More or less? Four? Five? Four. I don't know. <laughs> Four plus artists helping <laughs> in the art department. Um, so when it comes to steps, mock-ups, creative art, order management, digitizing, customer service... There is no better solution in the industry. They got 30 plus years of experience. Make sure to mention Printavo Pod 24, Printavo Pod 24, and that gets you half off your first vector, SEP, or digitizing order. Thanks, Graphic Source. Uh, Bruce, I don't know if you ever remember cleaning dirty screens, if that was part of your past or not. I'm pretty sure you just threw away the screens and got new ones, but you shouldn't <laughs> spend all day cleaning dirty screens. Easyway's line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and will cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. At Campus Inc., we use 701 and 842. They're our favorite chemicals. Um, and if you value a company to help you with the how-tos, best practices, and questions, Easyway is there. Give them a go. They work with over 100 distributors, uh, and they are the easiest way. Thanks so much, Easyway. Multicraft Daddy. All right. Step one, open up Instagram. Step two, type in multicraft underscore daddy. And step three, hit message. Because if you send multicraft daddy a message, they were they are sending out PMI tape every single week to people to test it and just to be an awesome distributor and partner in our industry. Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies have been Supplying our industry for over 50 years with top brands at competitive pricing. You can mention the Printable Pod and that gets you an extra 10% off your first order as well. So that's for the date. That's for Dave and the team over at Multicraft. I appreciate you guys' support. Great. Supercolor is the world's best heat transfer. Made for screen printers by screen printers. They understand the pressures and expectations of a screen printing business. And that's why they pride themselves on being super fast and super easy. Um, throughout the cold holidays, we've had a lot of premium products come in. And there's nothing I trust more than using a Supercolor transfer on a North Face jacket. Yep, that's right. Um, their products are made for everything. And uh, if you ever need help, you can reach out to them because they answer super quickly and they're fantastic. So experience them for yourself. Use promo code PRINTABO15. Get 15% off your first order. Thanks so much, Supercolor. No, Who's what if you guys have to do it? You got to do like uh, acapella. Like, come on, make it exciting. Uh, Bruce has to record our intro like six times what every episode. So I'm pretty impressed that we've made it this far. What's up, Printout and Pronouncers? Welcome back! <laughs> well done. Oh, wow. Nice. We got right. attention. This is a really cool episode. We've got two different shops up here, and we're going to talk about why and get into all of these different nitty-gritties around that. Um, we've got Thrive. We've got Night Owls. We've got Rob, we've got Eric and Val, both friends uh, from different worlds, Arizona, Texas. Why are you guys here together? Well, uh, Robert and, and his brother Bryce and the folks at Thrive were very kind uh, to make an offer to acquire Night Owls. 
Uh, and we said yes, because it was the right decision to do for us. So we are now uh, no longer Night Owls. Let's all thrive now. I see the t-shirt. see the t-shirt, yeah. Um, we, the industry knows Night Owls as probably the best water-based shop in the country. I don't know if there's anyone that can compete with them. Agreed. And educator. And educator. Yeah. Um, Thrive, Rob, what did you see in Night Owls that you're like, we want to acquire this business? And on the podcast, we talk about, you know, shops that are getting acquired and things like that. We obviously seen what our good friend has done at Printavo. Why, why did you, what did you see in them? I Maybe think, you could brag about our friend Eric for a second. I think before, he, before you do that, which you shouldn't, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think it'd be helpful to know, like, Robert doesn't come from screen printing. And so I think you've been talking about that a little bit. It's like a really interesting story, even just stuff that we learned recently. Um, I think you should start there and then All go right, into fair that. Enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great question. Um, yeah, our family, we own seven different companies in five different industries. Um, and we are just business people. We love giving people a platform to, to really take their skills, which I'll get into um, in the answer of your question, and, and just thrive and flourish and, and take off. And so... Uh, we, we did, uh, you're right, we, we own a golf course, we have restaurants, car washes, gas stations, um, an exotic car rental company, um, and in it we had started another business uh, helping athletes and coaches get swag and fundraise um, because coaches spend way too much time doing that. And through that we realized screen print industry is huge, um, and if we got into manufacturing our own stuff, that led into other things, and um, so we started a contract screen printing business back in 2019. Um, and that evolved and evolved and we had some really good talent um, that wasn't gonna scale outside of themselves. And that was not what we wanted to do. We wanna grow and help people get jobs and uh, help other, you know, just different people flourish. And so through that process, we had to try to find talent that really wanted to work and, and train other people. Again, back to your, to your question, the, the thing that attracted us the most to Night Owls Number one, you're right, they're the best water-based screen print shop. If they're not, there's nobody better than them. Um, secondly, they're incredibly humble people who just wanna teach people. They wanna help other people. They wanna take their knowledge that they have and they wanna give it to other people. And we're the same way, just from the business side of things. So we really wanna encourage other people. We really wanna help other people take where they're at and grow that to another level. So we have had almost no talent in terms of teaching others. And so to find a group of people with Danny Greninger and Tim Cantu and these two up here, it, it, it's, it's amazing. And so when um, with Rock and Ross and Ryan and their, their help, because um, I've been talking to them a lot about this, trying to find the right spot for us to, to bring somebody in, um, it was very apparent from the beginning that this was exactly what we've been looking for for three years. Okay. So when you find, I think what's fascinating is, you know, you're, you can build something or you can buy something. Um, when you're going out to buy something, you know what you want, sort of. How do you start valuing a company, right? Like you, you come from the business side of things, like how do you put a price tag? And I know you're probably, you can't talk about some things, right? But this is a question that we all face because that's like an exit strategy for us. How do you start valuing a business? And I, I, think, uh, I you, think in our industry, it's interesting too because it's like most shop owners are going to be like Val and I. It's like, we got into this because like, we liked arts and crafts. 
right? Like we started with the Hobby Lobby kit. It's, it's nothing that's original or unique, but it's the, the truth to most screen printing shops. Most folks are not necessarily coming in with a business plan or an exit strategy. 20 years in, we don't have an exit strategy. We just like printing. That's what we want to do. And so like having to be faced with those questions of like, what is our value? And as a, as a print shop, you know, there's so much more that goes into it than just like the equipment that we have, right? Like the building that we have. And I think that, I don't know if you guys see this, but I see it coming that there's going to be a lot of print shops that are folding like, or kind of reorganizing, merging. And that's always the topic. And I'd love to hear Robert's kind of thoughts on it. Cause he has a much more CFO minded brain, but like that conversation is tricky and no one wants to hear that their shop has no value, you know, but it's unfortunately true. Yeah, I think um, coming to the valuation is very unique. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with um, where the other shop is or the other business is and where you are and what different values you can draw from them. Um, something that Eric and Val did very well is they hired a lot of people in the areas they weren't good at, which helped us understand their value. So um, they obviously know the, the printing aspect, but they had Jeffrey Paul and they have a really good controller in Christy who, who really can help us gain the information about their business that maybe they can't answer. Um, and so the way we the, kind of start to value it is number one, how can it aid where we're trying to go? So if they can bring in machinery, okay, that's great. Um, their customer list, what does their customer list look like? Is it Houston based? Is it nationally based? Is it in the same industries? Is it in different industries? And each of those bring in different values to us. And so if you're looking to grow in the exact same industry you're in, that's going to provide different things. Their industry is completely different than ours. That's what we wanted. We wanted somebody who has talent and can help us grow our talent. So train our staff, bring in new talent, et cetera. But also Thrive is, Thrive's goal is to be pretty wide. Um, and so with uh, D2C, D2B, contract, plastisol, water base, digital, everything, fulfillment, um, automations, et cetera. We needed talent in this industry, in this area, really badly. So it provided great value for us. Can I push even further on that in that, like, do you think about when buying another shop? And, and again, I like the thought of, because we were just talking about this organic growth first growth by acquisition. Is it, you know, okay, I would pay X dollars above profit or I would pay, you know, depending on maybe what the owner wants to do, right? Obviously you guys are very bought in. So that makes sense. Is it like uh, calculating an earn out for retention? That's a big concern around a customer list, you know, is very attached to the previous owner. How does that conversion work? Like, how do you, how do you put all, or what are those couple characteristics to add up to an actual number look like? Yeah, I think that it, it again, kind of goes back to the last answer, which would be what, what is the value to the two brands that are talk, having this conversation? Um, so an earnout structure is a great way for security on both sides. Um, it's a great way for somebody who has a, a customer group that they can help transition and show value. Um, if they don't have that ability, then an earnout probably isn't a great option. And so more other different ways you're going to value it are really what you're going to look for. So when you say the word earnout, what you're essentially saying is Val and Eric are going to bring their customers over to Thrive, and you're going to expect them to help retain those customers. And so they're incentivized to say, hey, we need to keep all of our customers, otherwise this ain't going to work. Because if those customers leave tomorrow, 
this doesn't do anything for you. And yeah. so, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. Would, that would be one of the values, right? And so, um, obviously, each shop has different relationships with their, with their customer base. Um, if they're really individually connected and you're older in life, then that, that might not have as much value as if you're 20 years old and have 50 customers who are all your best friends. Um, they're going to provide different values. I think what's cool about Night Owls is they embed themselves into their customers' like supply chain. So, you know, not just as a water-based printer, but they're also doing fulfillment, right? And so they're a solution. And when you become a solution for your clients, that's how your customers get really sticky and they don't leave because it takes a lot to offboard them, right? And so did you value the stickiness of their customers, how long their customers have been buying from them, those kind of things? Absolutely. That's a great way of looking at it. And um, our shop, we have uh, a lot of automation and a lot of fulfillment and different uh, technologies that we can add to their customer base. So yes, that, to speak to that, they absolutely provided value to us in the way they are a solution. It's the structure we had set up, and so they can kind of plug into our structure with the solution they already created, and it's, it just it really does match perfectly. And so, sorry, if you're a shop thinking, okay, how, do, how am I gonna sell my business 10 years from now? You wanna be thinking about you know, how embedded are my customers so that if I walk away, someone else can take this over. If you walk away and your customers walk away with you, your business has zero value, right? You have to be able to like, kind of create some distance a little bit, if you will, which I think is really interesting. And, and with this deal, I mean, we, we, we very much were the opposite of that, but it was very, very clear and very important to Val and I that we love what we do. We want to keep doing it. This is not a, hey, this is a, what, what is it, a sunset deal, right? Where we're like going off and hanging out on an island, like these no, big you're words not. you're using. No, you're look not. at me reading a business book. Ooh, Eric MBA. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, it was very important to us that we were involved because again, it's like, we love what we do. And, and when we were approached uh, and started having these conversations with Robert and his brother Bryce, and the other folks from Thrive, it was very, very much like, we don't, we don't necessarily need to do this, but like, there's a lot of synergies, there's a lot of opportunities to get us to levels that we will never be able to get to. And quite frankly, just taking a step back from a personal level, it's just like, well, you mean that we get to continue doing what we like, but we don't have to do what we don't like anymore, and we still get to make cool stuff? Like, how, what? That, that seems like a, a winning combination for everyone. And so really we approached it from that way. But I, I think that like if we didn't have kind of that interest and we just wanted to walk away, I don't know if Night Owls would have been as valued. I don't think there would have been a value to it, to be honest. How do you guys think about the cultural differences? Um, everybody runs their shop in a unique way and kind of has a expression, I think, of them in the business and are going to be very different side to side, uh, you know, bringing teams together. What do you think of like the tactical? It's like, all right, yeah, we'll all go get lunch together and stuff. But OK, now what? I mean, I would say, first off, one of the things we look for in the people we're trying to work with is humility. Um, and if you don't have a humility that you can listen to other people and take their advice and fight back, but continue to, to work together, it's never going to work. Um, and so they have that in spades. Um, if you look at Tim, if you look at uh, Daniela, if you look at Danny, if you look at all of these guys, Zane, et cetera, they, they all want to be great and they know, hey, I'm great at this. I'm not so good at this. 
And so we can work together as a team. We, we talk about ourselves as a football team a lot. And the offensive coordinator doesn't necessarily tell the defensive coordinator what to do, but they work together as a team. And that's exactly how we approach this. I don't know near as much about ink as Val does. I never will. So why would I go tell her how to do it? But if she can provide that knowledge and help our team, well, now there's great culture here. Um, and so whether we have the same backgrounds or different futures or whatever it may be, if we all have a common goal, then we can have great culture for sure. Eric, can you just start using football analogies too? You're yeah, a big football guy. I've made this he joke many times. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to sports, it's just glazed over like, <laughs> like okay, sure. The ball, what are <laughs> yeah. we, where, where am I standing? <laughs> but no, I mean, to that point, it's also, you know, it's one of the things that makes this deal very exciting for us is like Robert and his team are great at building and running businesses. And Val and I and our team are great at actual production and production planning and, and getting that done. And so it's like, again, we get to focus on what we actually love and I don't have to worry about, you know, HR. I don't have to worry about admin. I don't have to worry about, do I have enough money for payroll this week? Like uh, that, that's not stuff that necessarily concerns me anymore, right? So I get to focus and grow the skill set that I already feel I'm good at. And it makes it very easy to come in with a team because it's like, we know what we're doing. We have kind of the background to back it up and we can get buy-in pretty quickly because we can show people this is not scary. It's going to be different, but we're going to work on this together. And I think that it will be a lot easier than we hope. Um, so like change management is a very, it's a very intense thing. There's a lot of emotions. It's very uncomfortable. Um, and obviously, you know, you want things to go perfectly, but as we all know, nothing will go perfectly, especially the fact that you're across different states, different generational differences, different cultural differences. Do you guys have a plan for not when things go right, but when things go wrong? Like, what happens when you butt heads and Eric's like, nah, that's lame. Sorry, gas stations and golf courses, that's kind of lame. Like, we print cool shit here. You know, what happens, because now, you know, Eric's an employee, right? But he's also got, and Val, they have years of tribal knowledge. Have you thought about what happens when you do butt heads and have arguments? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, EOS, Traction, there's some really great structures you can put in place to solve for some of those things. Obviously, you're not going to solve for everything. Um, but we, you have people in place that make those final says. And so I'm not that person on every decision. Eric's not going to be that person on every decision. There's one guy who's going to do it more than everybody else, and he's not up here. But the reality is there's going to be times that that person looks at us and says, okay, you got to make the call. We just recently had a huge disagreement in our shop about what manufacturer we were going to work with on a topic. And I ended up making the final call. And not everybody was on board with it. But the reality is you don't have to be, you don't have to agree, but you do have to get on board with it. That's uh, interesting. Justin Lawrence was talking about us is, uh, what is it? Commit to disagree. But right. What is it? What is the term that you guys use in the shop? Disag I disagree, but I comply. I disagree. I disagree. I and so you might not uh, agree with the decision, but you're going to commit to it and you're not going to fight it. And, you know, Bruce has been trying to finish traction for the last three years. It's a great book. Um, still on his, have you finished it? I'm 80 percent. I got the gist. <laughs> but even with that, like if I can speak to something like I'm excited about, it's like we we were never good on the admin side and like even implementing a system like EOS from from traction. It's always something that's like, wow, that sounds amazing, but like, who's going to do it? You know, like, who's going to lead that charge? I don't, I don't have the capacity to do it. And so now I'm joining an organization that has run that way. And so it's like, oh, great. Like, we now have a framework to operate within. Like, now we can, like, actually 
understand some of these things, have people work with us to train us and help us grow the business even more because now there is structure. And at Night Owls, that was something we were always missing. We like, we, we built it all just by like doing the work. And although that's great and it works, when you get to a certain size, which is what happened to us, and you don't have those foundational things, you start to see the cracks, you start to see where things are falling apart, and it's very hard to go course correct that, if that makes sense. How many of you guys out there run traction in your business? Just show of hands real quick. So like probably maybe a couple percent or so. Um, I find this is such an interesting concept, and I'm curious if you run it in, in all of your businesses or just Thrive. And I think when Printavo got to about three million in revenue or so, things started to get a little loosey-goosey, right? It was like, where is the ship pointing? Where are, like, are all the, is the whole team aligned going the same route? What are the things that we're tracking at a high level? And then what matters to the different departments and how do we really execute? It almost felt like we were just doing tasks just to finish the week. Um, is that kind of why you implemented traction or like, were you always doing that? And then also, is that the same with the other businesses too? Yeah, great question. So um, you absolutely can run without it. You just better have an idea of the tools and the things that it, it points to and know those and all be aligned to them. If you're not, that's where it really helps you. Um, so in our other businesses, yeah, we absolutely use it. It's a top-down uh, system for us, and it really helps us. Um, you know, we have global, global employees, like a chief sales officer and a chief operations officer, and helping them plug into those other businesses, it's, it's necessary. They, they can now look into um, what we call 90, or that's what it's called, 90, and they can see what other people are working on and what, where we're at, what our issues are, what the to-dos are for the, for the week, et cetera. Um, and they can be aligned very well. So if you're working on a structure that's top down so that everyone can be aligned, and like you said, pointing in the same direction, um, then yeah, it's, it's mandatory. And you kind of have to make that call on your own. I don't think it's necessarily something you have to do from day one, but when you start to kind of get a little off from each other, it's very much so time, and you're probably six months too late. And you guys, I mean, we all talk a lot about training staff and, you know, getting people aligned with the vision and the goals. But like Steven, you know, when you start implementing a, man a management layer, right? And then back to Bruce's point of like, when you get to about $3 million, there's there's stuff at $3 million that like you were doing in a million dollars, but you're not really covering it up as well anymore. And it just gets worse and worse, right? And so when you have a system like EOS that you're implementing, it helps provide that management training. And again, that was stuff that we were never good at because we were, you know, over the past five years, just growing at a substantial rate. And I needed to focus on just like trying to stay afloat, keeping that growth going, keeping customers happy. And I know we failed in the, in the implementation of like management training or just like proper training for a lot of things. And it's not that we did anything wrong or bad. It was just outside of our capacity. And, and again, we didn't have the tools that we needed to build that. Mm. Rob, you guys run traction. We run traction. Um, and in fact, uh, I am not disciplined enough to run it. So our CFO runs it for us and runs our LTED meetings and keeps us accountable. And we spend a significant amount on a coach to come in and teach us it because, you know, again, it's like going to the gym. You need to hire a trainer a little bit. Um, Rob, your company, it seems like the family business has had a lot of success. Um, and I guess, like, what are you most nervous about? What, 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 you know, yeah, what are you most nervous about? Like, 
I would, I would say what makes me the most nervous is not uh, executing on what I say I will for other people. Um, and so I have a huge goal in my life to just make as many other people's lives better because I've been blessed, uh, my family, my faith. Um, I'm, I'm beyond blessed in every way possible. And so I would say that it's simply not executing what I say I'm gonna execute for the people I say I'm gonna execute it for. Cool, and then Eric and Val, what are, what are you most nervous about? The, if, if Thrive ever says, Eric, Val, we wanna to move to Plastisol, is that what you're most? I mean, it's already, it's hey, all, that's a non-negotiable. It's already happening, it's already happening. Um, I, I mean, Val doesn't like public speaking, which is funny, because she's up here, so. Uh, but, I mean, quite honestly, the transition from going to an owner to an employee is like pretty tricky. Thankfully, again, everyone at Thrive is awesome and we get to keep working with our friends so that helps a lot um but you know simple simple human stuff imposter syndrome am i gonna be able to do what i say i can do i mean we built this thing yeah we're like we built this thing and we feel we're like pretty pretty good at it but now it's like okay we gotta start it from scratch almost and we have 20 years of knowledge which is awesome is it going to be applicable to this move moving forward Eric, is it a shot to your, like, being owner to now being an employee, right? Like, Bruce went through it, now he surfs all day. Uh, but uh, you're actually going to have to work. Uh, is that a shot to your ego a little bit? Did that happen to you of, like, oh, I'm just an employee now? Nah, it's, it's, but it also doesn't feel that way. I mean, like, I'm very much, and Val is as well, but, like, we're very much a part of the, the big day-to-day decisions. I mean, you know, we're, we're being looked at as, like, you're experts in this field. Just keep doing that. So it makes it pretty easy. But where it gets tricky is like, you know, being an owner, you can make fly decisions and, and just make calls left and right. It's like, I have to check in with Robert, like, what hotel can I stay at? <laughs> it's like, it's silly things, but it's like, it is a little, you know, it is a transition. And so it's like, I'm probably going to do the wrong thing very, very quickly and have to say sorry, but I'll, we'll figure it out. I don't know. Like, yeah. Do you think, I mean, you had an, there's been an incredible story and we've, we've had you guys on at night owls at different points, I feel like, of the story. A lot of big wins. We asked Culture Studio before, you know, the same question of going back on that journey, what do you think of the top of your head would be things that, like, man, I wish we would have done this sooner, hired this sooner, or like stepped out of that or, or didn't buy this? I don't think we have any, like, regrets on purchases or like things like that for me i think it would be to found a way to um remove myself from the the day-to-day a little bit earlier that but that's a personal thing i have a hard time letting go of control eric can tell you um so that would would have been mine for sure when like at what size do you think from the start (laughs) (laughs) eric can eric can speak to that a little bit better no, I, I think, I mean, you know, we, as a, as a small business owner, you make sacrifices and it's just like, it's what you believe in. It's like, you do these things because you know, it's going to help you get to the next level. And, you know, one of the things that was cool, what we did is like, we built this very specific niche model that we existed in, but that also comes with the drawbacks of it being a very specific niche model. And so it's like there, you know, to replace Val, there's not many people that have those skills. I mean, Danny's right there. Danny, you know, was a, a mentor to us. And now is like, we work side by side with him, but it's because we respect each other. We respect kind of like the art of screen printing. And so it's like, how do you remove yourself when you're literally like the only person that can do this? 
to the expectations of your customers. So like that's like kind of complicated. Um, we mentioned it before, but it's like we there was a lot of milestone structure things that we missed that I think kind of proved to be a hindrance later on that well, we had to like kind of go back. Say that again. What's in a couple examples of that? I mean, I think it took us a long time to sort of get our management team together. Um, you know, we, you, you guys talk about it all the time with people, but it's like you can't do everything yourself. And when you do do that, like things are getting missed, things are going wrong because you're taking on all that responsibility yourself. So it did take us a little bit to sort of get the right people in the right seats. And then, you know, even from there, it was like I mentioned earlier, people, especially in Night Owls, people were put into positions that they gladly like accepted and agreed, but it was very much just like, here's the end goal. There's no roadmap, figure it out, right? And so it's like, you're putting someone in this position with incredible pressure and stress. There's never an expectation of us, like it's gonna go right all the time, but it's still, when you're putting someone in that position, it, it, it can be uncomfortable when it's like, I don't know what the right decision is. And as, as owners, we may not know what the right decisions are, but we're also trying to delegate some of the tasks for someone else to figure it out while we focus on other things. Was there a size thing that when that hit that you feel like looking back, it should have been, okay, at 15, you know, that should have been in place. Yeah, I don't know if there's like a direct number. I mean, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you guys have, have information for that. But for us, it was always just like, we just kept growing organically. And like oftentimes, like when we would run into situations, we would almost throw people at the situation. And like in hindsight, that maybe that wasn't the best because it was like you have people that uh, maybe are being fully utilized or um, you're not holding them accountable or to any expectations. And then it's hard to go back and be like, hey, like, can you clean this up? Like, you're, you know, there's X, Y, and Z that we're, we feel we're missing. And they're like, but I've been doing this for two or three years. You've never said anything. Why now? You know? And so I don't know if there's particularly a number. I think it's probably something that should have been from the beginning. But if you look at our growth trajectory, it wasn't like rocket ship. It wasn't a Ryanet deal. But, you know, in like the past four or five years, we basically grew revenue a million dollars every year. Um, and we're just clinging to life, trying to figure out how to like roll with it, basically. I was going to talk a little bit about like shared resources, right? So some of the things that you talked about briefly, whether it's HR or marketing or all those things, Eric, what are the things that you're looking forward to most that Thrive has in their infrastructure that you'll be able to rely on? Like we even talked about like Instagram marketing. Yeah. <laughs> like things like that. Totally. What, what, what are the things you're most excited about? So again, like we, we very much bootstrap night owls, right? I have no idea what we're doing half the time. Um, and so it's like, if Jeffrey was here, he would be rolling his eyes so much at me right now. Uh, but he and I like, will get into hour long battles about budgets. And I think budgets are useless because I'm like, if I need to buy something, but it's outside of our budget, I'm gonna go buy it anyway, right? So like, I'm, but I am genuinely excited coming into Thrive and like working on that and figuring it out. Um, you know, the other thing that's like cool, and I think again, this is a very industry specific thing. Even though we feel we put out a top of the line product that like most other friendships can't, can't touch, won't touch, the amount of customers and, and clients that we lose over price is still there. No matter how good you are at what you do, there's always gonna be people there that are like very price driven, that's all they want. And so being able to work with, with Robert and the sales team and the finance team, and when we get into those situations being like, how do we make this work? It's not up to me anymore just to figure it out, which is especially exciting. I have no finance background. I can see I have $100 in my bank account. That's how much money I have to spend, right? So like 
being able to work with a team and have them come and help us like come up with creative plans and everything from, you know, what does this uh, program look like to this fulfillment uh, issue? Like, I think that that's going to be huge and it's going to allow us to be more flexible and be able to take on more, which is ultimately what we want to do with the facility that we're building in Arizona. Rob, coming from other businesses, what's the most fascinating part about the screen printing industry that's drawn you closer to it? Because we're a weird bunch. Well, I'm not real normal, so I'll start there. Um, no, I, it, manufacturing is a ton of fun to watch. Um, first day I walked into a shop, it was really dirty and had all this weird stuff in it, like glass shower doors. And I was like, what is this? I don't understand. But no, it's been really cool to just watch um, the evolution of the industry that I've been, I mean, I've only been in it for four years, um, but seeing like what Rock is putting together with the now, um, watching just different evolutions with like Tagbot and different cool things that you can do um, to make something faster and different uh, is a ton of fun. Um, the other thing I'll say is it, it's an industry that impacts everyone in the world. T-shirts aren't gonna be recreated. They're not gonna all of a sudden one day wake up and T-shirts are gone. Um, I mean, hopefully not for some of us, but it is something that we can just continue to grow and grow and impact more people. It's awesome. Um, I'm excited to see what happens. We, we should do like a one year update of uh, yeah. in between. I think what's interesting, Rob, we were talking uh, ahead of this and I was like, how's the show for you guys this year versus last year, right? Like, I didn't know who Thrive was last year and now y'all are, you're on the map. How does it feel? Did, did you expect this to happen? Were you surprised? Are you surprised by all this? Yeah, I mean, first off, when you uh, hang out in the rooms with the Danny Greningers and the Eric and Val Solomons, uh, yeah, it becomes very apparent that you're around some special people, some people who uh, have, are changing the game. Whether I'm there or not, um, these three are rock stars. And then you add the people that they've added to their team. Um, absolutely. So did I expect it? Um, on, on a level, yes. Not Again, not because of anything we're doing, um, but because of them. Um, and then, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, we, we genuinely just want to make an impact. We want to make a difference. Um, and so it, it's, it's been fun. Um, definitely different than past years, you're right. Yeah. Are we changing the name? Thrive Owls? Uh, owls who thrive? I think we're going to Daybirds. <laughs> Daybirds. Daybirds. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> all, 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 like, one of the, the crazy things with all this is Robert is insane. <laughs> Meaning it's all true. Of this is happening very, very quickly. And it's kind of awesome because it's not getting bogged down in anything bureaucratic. It's just like, let's go. We'll figure it out. We're going to make mistakes. It's okay. Let's figure it out. Are you allowed to call your new bosses insane day one? <laughs> well, I am. So yeah. it's, it's fitting. I, I was asking Bruce. That was just struck in my contract. Can't do that one. I just looked at it, Scott. He just shook his head real quick. Just, no, no, no. Don't say that. Don't say it. Well, I, I think for us watching it, it's really cool to see in real time. Uh, you know, I hope you guys can keep the bit of Night Owls. Like, I think what they build, their brand is super rad. So if, uh, if the nighttime crew can be called the Night Owls there, <laughs> uh, we're really, really excited to see what y'all are going to do. And hopefully we can, we can keep... keep uh, Watching from the sidelines and rooting, cheering, cheering for y'all. Yeah, we appreciate you guys joining them. Thanks. And I yeah, will say, you. like, with, with both of you, too, like, from our perspective, right, like, being able to have both of you and my phone to call on these situations, right? Like, this is kind of a, I don't want to say unique situation. Businesses get bought all the time. But, like, in this industry, it's not 
I don't know. It's not like a common thing, right? And so like, who do we, who do we talk to? It's like, I could talk to Jeffrey and Jeffrey's going to give me a dissertation on, you know, a small business that I don't need or want. So like, who else could I talk to you? And, and again, many people like no one's, I don't know. I don't know many people that have been through this stuff. So like, thank you guys. And you know, it's, it's awesome uh, being able to, to talk with you about it. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Pronouncers Podcast. Appreciate Made Labs for hosting, Rock for hosting, and we'll see everybody at the concert later. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully that was informative. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to hit the bell for notifications if you enjoyed this video. If you enjoy all the stuff we're putting out, it's really helpful. We love to just be able to see it. That means that we're doing a good job. To subscribe, hit the bell for notifications and hit the like button. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.